The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen, until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. The moments in a human life in which we would describe ourselves or somebody else's face as shining or as glowing are so few that we always take pictures of them. We take pictures of when our firstborn child is born and all those after him. We take pictures when the children are baptized and again when they are confirmed, when they go off to college and when they graduate from college and when they're married. And we have pictures of ourselves doing all those things too. We take pictures of these things because the world is so full of darkness and so lacking in shine and lacking in a holy glow that we put pictures like these which remind us of those fleeting moments on our walls so that as we go up the stairs when we come home from work, full of all the darkness that the world has given us that day or that work week, we can see shining and glowing as we go up to change before we make dinner. And when people come into our offices or into our homes or they're standing next to us when our phone is turned on and they wanna, we want to show them what we are like and what our families are like and what we're proud of and what we were happy to be part of and, and when we were just so happy just to be there, we show them these moments and no others. So we can sympathize with Peter and not castigate him or think that he's strange at all for saying to Jesus that it is good that we are here Let's stay for a while. Peter is under no illusion any more than we ourselves are that these moments go on forever, that we will somehow remain on the mountaintop with the shine and the glow and the brightness all around us forever, but we want to hold on to it at the very least for a little while, and so we understand Peter, and we know why he wants to stay for a little while. No less would we say that it was at all strange that Elisha should mourn, as he looked up into a heaven, suddenly silent. A heaven that had taken away from him the man who had changed his entire life. Elisha, who was following the plow and now followed the prophet. Elisha, who was called to a life of adventure and perhaps of danger that he had never planned to do. Elisha, who called this man, who was not his father, but who had become his father through the gospel that Elijah was preaching, the news that God is truly the Lord. Elisha says, as his father goes away from him and as heaven closes silently around the life which he loved so dearly and the man whom he will see no more, 
He says, my father, my father, echoing the cry of despair that David cried out when he realized that Absalom, rebellious and strange as he was, troublesome as he was, was gone. And the writer of 2 Kings says eloquently and concisely, and he saw him no more. Absence, silence, gone. All the glow and even at the very end of fire, gone. And only silence and sadness in its place. But the message that Paul brings you today from 2 Corinthians is a message that in Christ these things are changed and the darkness is taken away. That the holy mountain was a brief moment for Peter and for James and for John, but the light of Christ endures forever. For there is a hardness that comes into our lives when we dwell on the things that are gone. And we dwell on the fact, the inevitable fact, of which Moses in his law reminds us that the sinner sees death and that things upon this earth fade away like the flower of the field, rising in the morning, gone in the evening. The reminder of these things, the constant reminder of them, makes us hard and makes our hearts hard so that the one who hears only of Moses and of death and of darkness and silence, that one, Paul says, that one, to this day, whenever Moses has read a veil, lies over their hearts. A hardness is upon them. But when one turns to the Lord and hears a fresh word and a fresh message, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed and the hardness is gone. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom. In the one who was filled with brightness and who was approved on that high and holy mountain. But he is the very same one who, when the brightness is gone, and the darkness has come at noonday. And there is only the silence of heaven to greet his cry, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And there is only the absence of his friends. And the fact that they have fled away from him and denied that they ever knew him. It is that one who speaks a different word. It is that one who brings freedom now. Because when we see him, whether on the high and holy mountain shining brightly or on the lowly rocky mountain of Calvary, crucified, we see something that the world does not see. Who looks at that silence and all that absence and all that darkness and sees only one who has failed. And his enemies say to him, if you are the Son of God, save yourself. Do something. But we see in his silence the silence of a lamb brought to the slaughter for us. We see in his suffering one pierced for our transgressions. We see in the absence of rescue for him on that day, rescue for us on every day to come thereafter. We see in him who is bound by nails and by love to the cross, we see in him our freedom. We see in his strife our peace so that we do not lose heart and we are very bold to speak these things because we have in Christ, both on his mountain and on his cross, we have freedom. 
For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ, shining brightly and approved by the Father, crucified and bloody and approved by the Father, risen from the dead and vindicated by the Spirit. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, and we have a light of which the world does not know even now. We have a light all through Lent. We have a light even in death. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has always worked this way, who brings light out of darkness and life from death and order from the void. The God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown even now in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So look at him. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of your faith, the one who, whether on the mountain or on the cross or speaking to you from the empty tomb, the one who says to you that you are approved, that you are blessed, that you are, whether it is dark or bright, whether the day is happy or very sad, that you are indeed what he is, God's beloved child, in whom the Father is well pleased. You are the one on whom he has set his eye and into whose face he shall look at the last day when you see the face of your Redeemer with your eyes and not another's. And you behold then what you now believe, that Alleluia, Christ the Son of Man, is truly risen from the dead. Amen.